Hey, welcome to another episode of the Living Out Loud discussion series. Today, I am sitting down with Jason Vicente and Kendrick Dial, and the frame is a little bit different than the other sessions that I've had so far. Kendrick and I provide bias coaching to various organizations that center it around my book, Bias Conscious Leadership. Jason is one of the people that we are coaching. So we're just sitting down for a couple of reasons. One, clients have an expertise that we can really benefit from and learn from as people leading this work. So we wanna get a sense of what are the things that you know that we can have on our radars. And then two, is to model what it looks like to check in with clients and see, hey, what are the things that we can keep doing that can improve our practice? And also, is there anything that you can share with us that's gonna help us improve our practices? And maybe those are things that did not go so well. I'm your host, Charmaine Nuts, Relational DI Expert. If you are new here, we are unpacking real life scenarios and issues that come up in our interactions with each other in professional settings and in settings where we feel like we need to be buttoned up. The goal of every single episode is to reveal the layers and the nuances in our interactions with each other so that we can learn about them as a community that cares about diversity, equity, and inclusion. As always, the thoughts, views, perspectives shared in the series, they are my own and not as a representative of any of the agencies that I work for or I'm employed by. Thank you, both of you, for being here. Kendra, for coming back. Jason, for joining this episode. I am really looking forward to it because it's a little different than your average situation. Kendrick and I provide bias coaching to leaders. And Jason is one of the people that was in the small group coaching experience with one of the organizations that we work with. Kendrick, I don't know if you have any hopes for our time. No, I, I think even even with Jason having all the, the varied experiences, maybe even being able to identify what made this a different experience in comparison to some of the other things that have been done in the past. Okay, that would be really good. Jason, welcome here. Share anything you would like to share about yourself. You can do something formal, casual. It's totally up to you. All right, sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. I'm Jason, a community partner and small business owner. I've been working in the social services field for nine years, working with our uh, homeless young adults, our foster care systems, our LGBTQ communities. Prior to this, I was working after school programs and in a group home setting. I think my experiences have been helpful, helpful in a way of I'm getting outside coaching and it's helping my day to day with the work that I do inside of work and in the community. So I do appreciate from this experience that uh, Charmaine and Kendrick has given to us. I acknowledge that this is a kind of putting you on the spot. We're, we're recording a conversation and asking you to reflect to us, hey, this is cool, but also this is what you could do differently. So before we get into that, I want to ask you, Jason, is there anything that Kendrick or I and or I can do to make this a safe space for you to be able to share honestly with us? I think just keep doing what you're doing. All our sessions have been safe spaces and I feel like I can open it up a little more here. I feel like this is a place where I can grow and I think that's what this experience, these last, I don't even know how, like it was months, 
I don't need the coworkers just kept coming and I just kept showing up. I appreciate you guys for having that safe space for me to be vulnerable as well. Yes. Thank you. Oh, that's too funny. So when we'd say coaching, Kendrick and I went through the book and curated a monthly experience for this particular organization that was meant to be a guide to go through the book, but also serve as a way to help people really look at themselves with the book and even outside of and tie it to principles in the book. So it was very free flowing and slightly structured at the same time. Uh, Jason, if you could just share with us, what was your experience like in the bias coaching experience bus? Overall, I think my, my experience was, like I said, it was great. We come into, I guess, the workplace with our work biases, like our, the cultural biases that we have and our uh, lived experience, right? And it's good to have an outside perspective, which was um, this group that continued to coach us uh, through this experience. And we do have our, like our head coach, which is my supervisor, right? That manages everything on there and they have the assistant coaches that can hone in on specific details, which have been to view has been helpful because you're getting a uh, two side of two fat things to view how we do what we do on a day-to-day basis. Anything uh, from experiences like in the actual sessions with us that stand out to you about what that process was? I think it's, it's all like tri- trial and error. One thing that you guys did great, or one of the many things, right, that you guys did great was, have you tried this side of things, right? There's this one issue or maybe a situation that I'd share in these cohorts. And I would say like, all right, these are the options that I've tried. And then you would have that perspective of, have you tried this? Have you looked at it in a different way, Put, putting that yourself in other person's shoes or even switch parts of whoever's involved in this situation. So that kind of helped me like, it's like one of those aha moments when you're just like deep into the work where you have to take a step back and get this inside and just apply. If it doesn't work, let's try something else. So I think that's been helpful. And that also helped with me being a little bit more confident and like trying new things too. So I think that's what's been helpful for me on that end. Not to detract, so I show my biggest back if I'm going. No, you please go where you need to go. I'm not sure. No, one of the things I was curious about, because when you opened up Charmaine and talking about the safe space and Jason, you you mentioned like this space right here feels even safer, maybe even than the cohort space to a degree, if if I read that right. So would you mind talking about, number one, anything you feel we did or that was done to create that safe space and even what is different in terms of the safe space here versus the safe space there in terms of dynamics for you? Oh, I think from day one, uh, the two of you have been welcoming. Laying out house rules have been very helpful, like setting out, this is what this cohort is going to look like. And then coming from a place where it's, you're not directly our supervisor or someone that works in our field or where we're like, uh, should I answer a certain way? I can just be open and honest. And at the same time, it's, there's no judgment and it's like none of my answers. I don't feel like the responses were like punitive where it was like, why'd you do that? You know, it's just like, have we tried? It's always like this we factor that made me feel a little more easier to open up to you guys. And open up to our cohort because I felt like everyone else was like, 
watching each other. Oh, what can we say? What can we do? And then when one person goes, then everyone just starts blowing out, right? Um, so that's, that was my experience with. I love, thanks for that question, Kendrick. And I love the we factor. That made me feel so good inside when you said that. Because it is a we factor. We go into these spaces knowing the things that we know with people who we are tasked with supporting. And then there's also things we too don't know. And there's things we're actively working on at the same time. Kendrick and I have our own offline combos about things that we experience in spaces and we're learning too. So that just really did something to me. I, it is a we thing. We really are growing together. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it, Kendrick, you look like you might have had a response to that. So I'm going yeah, to face yeah. me. And- what, what? <laughs> well, no, so it's, it, it, just, it just makes me think about, number one, I think the intentionality of the space. And, and as much as I think as we come into it as professionals, I, I know from working with Charmaine, is, it is a space where always on the table for learning you know mm-hmm. and, and it's not that we're coming into it from a totally expert space and it is that sense of cultural humility or even professional humility where it's like yes i, I know my skill set i know what i bring to the table and I, i'm still open and ready if i'm getting something that i'm not totally confident in terms of how to navigate and even being willing to be like let's take a beat and come back to that and so i, I think that's another part of at least my experience with it in terms of like recognizing the collective wisdom of the room in terms of what you all have and what, what we bring to the table, but also recognizing this, it's a constant growing space at the same mm-hmm. time. And yes. I, I want to, I want to point out, I heard intention and I, and I love that we're, we're intentional with how we do our work or how we're having these uh, conversations. I feel like this is a room, uh, you know, when we do meet, it's like iron sharpens iron. Like it, like this is, it's in between training and personal. It's a different feeling. Like it, it doesn't feel like it's work because some of the things that we learn, we can apply it to our daily lives. And that's what I took from uh, being a part of this cohort. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm i sitting here and I'm thinking this was such a really cool experience. And then we're also, we're talking about the, there's another side to the stuff that we're talking about when we're doing the deeper work. And I'm really curious, Jason, while you do love learning and while you have enjoyed the experience, I recall some times where we did ask people to go deeper or look at themselves differently or, or held some spaces of accountability. Do you have, did you have any internal struggle points or internal things that might have surprised you? And I'm, I'm really asking this because when people think about doing this work and getting coaching, I want to normalize that it is such a great in enriching experience. And then there's also the real lifeness of what the internal stuff feels like. So did you have any of those? I bet I did. Uh, I, I come into this space knowing that I don't know everything and that there's still a lot to learn. I think that's in every space. We talk about training. I had a staff member that was like, oh, we're just doing another training. We did this last year. And so I sat down with them and I said, and I've shared this with, with you guys as well. I sat down with them and I said, you know what? Do me a favor, learn one new thing in this next train and bring that information back to me. So he, he learned one new thing. That was like the, the only thing I have for right. He learned one new thing and he said, Hey, I learned that this, this, and I'm like, all right, you've done that training before, right? Can you imagine 
was a refresher, right? And I said, can you imagine if you went to a hundred new trainings, how much more information would you gain from that? And you multiply that by the years that you're putting yourself out there, getting all this stuff. Or on the other hand, you can be like, I just know this is another training. And then you go, you pass five years and how much stuff would you not learn because not showing up into these settings? Because a lot of times with a refresher, it might be the same information, but you get a lot of value with the people that are showing up and that are replied to some of these um, scenarios or these questions. You see it in a different light. And that's what I get. Like for me, I hated school. I, this is my biggest, this is my biggest thing. I'll tell people, I'll tell my participants, <laughs> I hate school, but this is another form of education or, or in this career field. And I feel like it's going back to this school setting without the school setting. You, you don't have the teacher, you don't have this classroom that you're just like, oh, I got to go to, I got to show up to uh, this class again. It's no, I get to show up to this class again. So that's the feeling that I have coming to these cohorts. Yeah, I remember you being very a humble learner, a humble learner. That was fun. We could push normally what might push other people's buttons. You very much sat back and huh, I had thought about that. I like it. <laughs> you definitely were. And I'm also curious, Kendrick, did you have any struggle points? Because I don't know if people think about the experience of the consultants or the coaches and like really wanting to support people. And there's this whole, there is a whole coach experience too. And really right. wanting to take people through that intentionality. Did you have any of those struggle um, points? So I, I, to your point, actually, I think one of the, one thing I was going to highlight is how Jason was consistent. Hmm. And as a struggle point is like when, when people aren't consistent, and then there's, it's also this dynamic where folks come to the space and I think we, we can all have expectations, even if they're very loose expectations. And with those expectations also impact how people show up in terms of what they're willing to give or not willing to yeah. give and whatnot. And so I think sometimes that particular piece of it, because I think me and you would, Charmaine would come in and it was okay. Let's have this conversation. Let's, let's go. And then it's like, well, what y'all want was come up? Have you dug into the material? And just like, yeah, we, we haven't really had an opportunity to look at the material. <laughs> and yeah, that's not anything really going on right now, but we know we could survey whatever and be like, we, we know there's some other things that come on or could be explored. But uh, to the point of recognizing that when you're managing, when you're actually in it, you're at work and you're trying to manage all these things, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's also this prioritizing. And so I think that's another dynamic, especially doing this type of work is often people aren't prioritizing mm -hmm. this, learning these type of skills or learning these type of dynamics because they do challenge you to show up mm -hmm. in a very personal way. Mm -hmm. And so with that, that can be the challenge of like, okay, we're here because some level we want to be here, but then it's just like, how, how much do we really want to jump into this and whatnot? I think that was for me the, the challenge at times. Mm. I think to add to that, it, it's like for, for me, just watching, just watching those moments where it was just us three. And I'm like, maybe some people uh, are not ready at, at this time yeah. and talked about prioritizing because I know some of our coworkers there, there's always crisis, like in the work that we do in mm -hmm. social service. So I, I understand that part. And the mud, things like that, that can hold us up. But I, I feel like for this group, I always made this a priority because I needed that 
coaching to help me get through all this crisis. Yeah. You know, I need another, I needed another voice to get me through that day. And as we can continue to just have a pile of crisis, like one thing after the other to bring us down, or we can figure ways out to help alleviate all of that stuff. Yeah. And that's what I appreciated with like just showing up. And I, I kept texting people like, Hey, there's another group. Hope to see you there yep. because they would be the same coworkers that I'd pull aside and just like, Hey, what's going on? Do you need assistance with any of this stuff? Cause I knew how that was when I was a first time director and I was just like, Oh man, we didn't, we didn't have an option to have a cohort like this or even support groups that we do have now. I think we've definitely had to go through the process and figure out what's not working to have things come into fruition. So I think that's been helpful on my end. Yes. Yes. There's Kendrick. Thank you for bringing that up. And even Jason, for your lens, I was thinking there's this, there is a reality, especially when providing services to human, that's not the right word, but social service, like service oriented organizations come with a little bit more that they're navigating more on their plates. It just seems to be more. And it is really hard to get organizations to think about doing anything beyond once a month. It's, mm-hmm. But then there's this reality, if it's not once a month, it's people, it's just really hard to hold on to that. It's so hard to hold on to the information and to keep that consistency going and to build upon mm-hmm. in anything lesser than that feels like a lot for people. So as consultants, we're always trying to figure out what we can do in the time that we have. And life is life and not everybody can show up all the time. And so Mm -hmm. that balance with with us as consultants is, okay, not everyone's going to be able to be here all the time. How can we keep this as an experience that's helpful and it is a constant state of flowing and showing up and figuring out like, what the need is. And what you two are shining a light on that I want to make even brighter is I think that sometimes when people think about coaching, especially if it's centered around something like a book, we might dismiss the importance of there are real life things that people are experiencing. There were a couple of times where Kendrick and I saw the room. We saw the room, we saw the people in the room, and we felt what was in the room. And it made more sense to put the book aside and to be very curious about what people needed in this space and to help people navigate whatever it was that they were experiencing, be it personal, be it whatever was happening at work. And I think the part that gets missed is that, that doing that is so important to being able to do everything that we're talking about in the book. One of the most significant danger zones for responding out of biases is when we are activated, when we're crisis mode, our logical brains aren't really working, there's fear. Like Those are the things that activate actions based on biases more than anything else. I just remember thinking a couple of times when we put the book all the way to the side, I kept wondering, do people know that this really is the work? It's not going through every page. I kept wondering that. And now that you're here, Jason, I kind of wonder, did you, and don't say yes if you don't agree, but did you have a sense that putting the book to the side wasn't really putting the book to the side? It really was the practical aspect of the work? I, I want to say yes, 
And I think the book gave the structure. Uh, you always have to have that structure, but it's like you said, those moments where you like those prices moments where you're like, your lid is flipped. You revert back to what you know and what you're comfortable with. And that might be some of the biases that you know you grew up or the biases that you've grown into in, in work culture. But I do appreciate the book because like I said, it's talking points and it is also a structure to give us, but to have these conversations where it was just free flowing, I think that's where it helped us real grow, really grow, understand what the bigger picture is. At least, at least for me, and, and that's why a lot of the stuff, I didn't come into this mindset, oh, I got to figure this out because it's for work. Is no, I'm taking this back to my personal life because it, it's crazy to see me in, in this place now where my older cousins are asking me for advice. When I, when growing up, I was asking for them when I needed the help. My tate age, that's when I needed the help the most. And now it's like, now they have kids that are it's crazy to see my nephew and niece is going to college and now they're like, Hey, they're getting into this. This is happening. Like, what are you, I'm like, like the table that's heard. And I applied, I applied this stuff to what I experienced in real life. And I think that's why it's bigger for me because it's not just work. We can, you know, focus, focus on work all day, but it's realizing that when work does come to an end at that day, like how can you apply this to your real life too? And how, how does this become practice. So it's not just, oh, it's work time. Let's, let's put this book together. It's like, how do we apply it to our life? So this is meaningful and valuable information. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had a deja vu moment. This. Oh, what was it? I knew I heard it was so faint. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the moment? No, like this, like literally this, like this experience that we're doing right now. And uh, like on a Friday, ironic that I can remember that it was a Friday, but like just conversation to us three and whatnot. I didn't know if it was us three in particular. I definitely, you were there, Charmaine. So I was just like, oh, wow, this is that moment. Then what happens? Nothing. Just go about our day <laughs> after we finish it. Yeah. Nothing. Hedrick had a out-of-body experience. Yeah. Hey, I'm in the season right now. I'm in the season. Oh, my gosh. Jason, I'm so glad that you had a great experience. And then in the spirit of accountability, thinking back on your time with us, we would really like to know, are there any things that we could have done differently? Any parts of that experience that we can learn from to be better facilitators outside of that space with you all? Um, no. But the, it, I mean, it, it, like I said, I had a great experience. The thing that I do enjoy too, now that I'm thinking about it, is uh, those times when you would just check up on us to see like what the temperature was, whether we were in this cohort or through a separate email, just to see how the group's uh, doing. And that's going back to being intentional, right? Because you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do any of that stuff, but you checked in on us, checked on our well-being. And I felt like that's that was my experience, like this well-being part that we were continue to continue to chip at and work on. I don't know. I had, I had a great experience. But Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, so actually, along with that, what would you what would you say was different about this experience versus maybe other either trainings or cohort or whatever type of experiences that mm. supposed to have a similar outcome? I I feel like going into this experience, I felt like it was like I'm at home where I can kick off my shoes and get comfortable, right, and have these real conversations with you guys. It didn't feel like a training where we're like looking at a presentation and all this other stuff. We're just, it was 
conversations all day. And that's something that I do have outside of work. And, and those are the things that I appreciate. And I felt like it had me at ease. Uh, like you said, it, like my, my uh, supervisor wasn't in the picture, the, the AED wasn't in the picture, all the like upper management, it was just us um, working on like our everyday biases. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Kendrick, I, I kind of wonder from you, it just on the spot, thinking back on what we were doing, is there anything that we would from this experience that mm -hmm. we would want to do differently? I think actually to that context, I think maybe something that might be different from me might be, even if we like to actually counterintuitive to what Jason said, but having maybe a presentation or two to help consolidate the information that we're exploring. Because I think to that degree, that helps people lean in a little bit more. And maybe not that we, I don't think we necessarily did it, but even having maybe early on we did it, but a connecting activity a little bit mm -hmm. more and even mm -hmm. honing in a little bit more about what people wanted to get out the experience and in their expectation to a degree, not that it was, and, and then let maybe lastly, really honing in on what's the practical application. I think we explored that some, but like really making that like, okay, today we went over these particular things. Now, what does we feel this looks like as a practical application, right? And really having that accountability so that even if they didn't have anything that they felt, you could at least talk about how you applied it or how you wish you could apply it or something like that. I think those are just a few of the tweaks that I think for me might impact it a little bit differently, even, maybe even, and I'm just thinking about maybe an engagement. I know because the other pieces, I'm very firm. If everything's an emergency, nothing is an emergency, right? And, and the other piece is recognizing. <laughs> I haven't heard that. <laughs> can, can you, can you uh, send that to me later? Right. <laughs> because the other, in the other place, going back to what you said about this being a very personal learning experience, I always tell folks, yo, in the profession, because folks be quick, hey, I'm who I am professionally, I'm who I am personally. If you hold grudges in your personal life, now I'm going to tell you, you're going to hold grudges in your professional life. And they don't serve the same dynamics in terms of how the impact of it. And yeah, when you do it in person, like you can negate the person and not engage with them. But when you do it in a professional space, you're impacting the whole system of how things get done and how people in community are not able or able to be built. To having, for me, it's really important to have that kind of put out on the table from the jump and, and have folks really think about what it means to show up in this space with that hmm. kind of dynamic being there. You said something that has me thinking about something that I struggle with. I don't know if struggle is the right word. I'm challenged to do a lot with clients because, so I heard what you were saying, Jason, about being able to show up and just whatever it was and we flowed and we had the book and it wasn't always extra structured. And then Kendrick, you got me thinking that one of the changes that we can think about is what is a way that we can give a like little nuggets of wow. education that serve as a structure, which I really like. And then it just makes me think about my challenge. My challenge is one of the things that living unapologetically does differently than maybe a common 
DEI consulting agency is we are less attached to training and teaching of information and presentation style and more about sitting in process-oriented spaces and the messiness of the work. It's very like fluid. And I do this because it can feel like this for people. And we're challenged with holding people in that, building their ability to stay in that. And if we do too much information, presentation of any nuggets, it takes people out of it. That challenge is like balancing the need for both. Now, Jason, you are someone who you can jump just like Kendrick, actually. Both of you could get dropped into a pot of all the process flow and you just swim in it and you're fine. And then you come out and you're like, wow, that was a good swim. Like it, you just do that. Not everybody can. So, well, I'm sorry. That's how it feels yeah, when you yeah, two yeah. came in yeah. and it just is what it is. I love, and love I'm the sitting, analogies. <laughs> I'll be, I can, but I'm also thinking to myself while I'm swimming, why are we, like, this ain't, I need some else besides this. And truth be told, that's what made me think of it, because I know from working you with you, you operate in great structure. And as free-flowing <laughs> as I can be at times, I recognize that the ability to function very openly comes a lot of times from having structure, especially like in the creative space. It isn't the fact I've noticed when you get people just free for all, hey, or my students, you get people free for all, it's like, hey, just pick what you want to do. You can make it a presentation. You can write about it. You do it. And then you just get stuck <laughs> because they don't know the confide. And like when you think about how creativity shows up, when you have very limited confides in terms of what you can do or the expectation. And so then the creativity comes because you got to figure out how to manage it in the space and whatnot. So yeah. I, I think actually that's one of the things I pulled from you, Charmaine, in terms of, to your point, not that we have to have a whole big 20 minute presentation, but even if it's just one slide to be like, okay, mm -hmm. focus, bam, and let's explore and let the exploration begin from the starting point. And I, I think it's, it's good to have like these different uh, viewpoints because if, if we're all thinking the same thing, we would not uh, grow at all. Right. And maybe right. that comes from my own experience where, like I said, I hate cool. So it's right. whatever yeah, we, for the way we can get, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm open to what the group right. wants. Like, <laughs> yes, you, uh, I had noticed, but as I'm looking at you two and listening, I'm realizing you two have very similar <laughs> approaches <laughs> to spaces. I, yeah, so that, that balance and it takes a while to find a balance and it honestly changes per group, yeah. per session, because the group changes in everybody's needs are so different i know that i when you said the thing i'm firm on i want to use that for myself the thing i'm very firm on in this category is i'm willing to give some information and some structure but not to the degree to which it keeps us in a place of avoidance of feeling the difficult stuff and there have been plenty of clients that are pushed to a point where it, they're very, very uncomfortable and their preference and request is for more information. As a consultant, our pushback gently as much as possible is your request for a lot of information is at the expense of your ability to build a capacity to feel what this work needs to feel like for you to be able to do a change. 
So that's always an interesting place to be in as a consultant. It's an interesting place to be in asking people, do you want to hold yourself accountable to the thing you're saying you want to do? Because Mm -hmm. this is the moment and this is what it looks like. And then also hearing the feedback and finding the balance. Kendrick, I appreciate you came from you to me. Hey, maybe we want to add little bits and pieces of structure. That makes sense. Willing to try it and see how it goes. And also knowing that your suggestion is not to do it at such a capacity that we're totally out of it. But there's a normal part of the client experience in DEI land where the default is, I would like more information, please. I need more information in order to do different. So actually, I want to go to you on this, Charmaine, because I know this is a part of how you even approach the work. And we know in the land of the, it, and what I'm speaking about is in the land of the AI, it'll be folks to come and say, hey, we need such and such. And to your point, they want information, but they don't really want to address anything. They don't really want to put forth the action and the emotional investment to really learn whatever skill set to navigate the conversations when they come up. And one of the things I, I applaud you for is like, that has been a very uh, real thing in terms of when you approach organizations or organizations approach you from our conversations, it's, hey, we're not coming in here to share some information. So if, if you're not ready for that level of engagement, we're not the, we're not the, the consultant for you. And so would you mind speaking on what that experience is like in terms of even approaching an organization, having that standpoint and even having to choose when or when not to engage because they're not really up or based on what that. Yeah. I felt like you were going to ask me some question that was going to cause me to really have to think about the answer. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's right there. I, it is. No, I, we can edit it out. Right? <laughs> No, like I am just, how do I, it's been a journey. I remember when I started, I felt that if, if an agency reached out that they wanted a particular service and I learned very quickly what that meant. I learned that meant that we were asked to produce a lot of content and we were participating in the performative aspects of the work. And that did not feel good. That did not feel good as someone who is really wanting to make a change. At that time, I engaged in as many conversations as I could with current clients about what our focus was. And at that time, a couple decided that wasn't for them. And that's okay, because that also meant they weren't for us. Participating in the performative stuff as a DEI consultant impacted me internally so much It wasn't that the cost was too high. At this point, we use as best as possible our upfront conversations with various agencies are asking very specific questions to understand what currently exists, what the mindset is, what the practices are. I'm usually like, do you all acknowledge that white supremacy culture is a thing? Can I just, can we start there? Do you know it's a thing? How do you feel about it? What are your conversations? What are your staff telling you that they're seeing and feeling? I'm really trying to get a sense of what's occurring and then sharing what our approach is as much as possible, as much as possible. And we have this upfront open dialogue. They can ask questions. It's like a two-way interview because I certainly don't want to halt you from doing any of the work that you're doing. And we want to use our resources in places 
where people feel like it it's a fit for them. It really goes well. And sometimes it makes for really hard, awkward conversations. It requires so much self-regulation before, during, and after on my part. And I'm not the only one having these convos because Bola had these convos too. She's She's been the initial point of contact. And then we both have to self-regulate with each other. It's just been like a really interesting process. But I think we're pretty clear now on what it is that we're trying to do in the world and who it is we're trying to help. And, you know, there's some there's something for everybody. There's somebody for everybody. And it's okay if we're not a match. It's absolutely okay. Mm -hmm. Jason, I really want to now lead into your expertise as the recipient of many types of services. And I'm really curious to know, and you don't have to give any specifics unless you want to, for leaders and organizations, maybe even for DEI practitioners, what are some things that, that we can just have on our radars in order to provide better, good services to middle management or even to staff? I think my biggest thing, my one thing that I appreciate was the experience that I, before getting into leadership, right? Mm. It's like that player coach experience, right? The, the player, I, I'm a big NBA fan, right? Lakers are my team. The player has been playing in the league for so long that they understand what's been going on and the systems and, you know, the playbooks and all this stuff, right? And then they become this coach that gets into this work. So they know how to present in a different way to it. And if you don't have that experience coming from like you're green and coming from a, a different field, whatever the case is, and you haven't been in that culture for so long, maybe it's one of those moments where you spend a day in a certain position so that you can gain some of these experiences. Then now you can lead and have your staff and actually ask, Hey, if I don't know about it, about certain things, I don't know how I can help you and say, I just want to let you know my door is always open. If we need to talk about certain things, if things aren't working, let's have that conversation. Because I feel like once you can get input from your staff too, you can also get buy-in. And that helps with the how you switch and change the culture. Because if, if your staff's not bought in, you're not going to, you're going to lead a team that doesn't follow, right? You're just, you just have that title position. And I think a lot of the times too, when I'm introducing myself to maybe community partners, I don't even like, you know, I cringe when I say my title because I don't want people to be held on this whole title role. It's you got to be that leader without that title. And I think that's one thing that our, you know, just management in general, we have to look at like, how do we become a better leader? Whenever the title comes afterwards or it comes with a position. I think just having that experience and humbling yourself is Akita switch up a lot of these cultures and asking for help, right? You're talking about the clients that might not be ready or are not the class for you. Maybe they're not the clients because they're not ready mm. to change things, to open, to see a different perspective. But I feel like that's what you do as consultants. You're, you're stuck in this culture for like an organization. Maybe that's been there for 40 years. And like, no, I think we, they're asking you for help. So why are they pushing back on? We don't need their help then, blah, blah, blah. It's like, why, why'd you reach out? They're someone on the outside looking in and maybe you listen to that so that you can get a different perspective of what you've been talking about these last 40 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yes. K 
Kendrick, I, I wonder from you, any, oh gosh, I had the question and I just lost it. Oh, so Jason, you got my mind going like in a bunch of different directions, which it does all of the time. It made me start thinking about what are the things, this is a question for you, Kendrick, what are the things that you'll see in like coaching clients or even thinking about this experience we have with Jason? What are the things that indicate there's this readiness, willingness to engage in the deeper versus people who show up and there isn't that readiness? What does that difference look like? All right. So I'm, I'm going to try to focus in it because the other piece that happened to spark in this piece was <laughs> when we're working with staff and how important it is for the leadership to really be invested in the work for it to actually, because a lot of times the other piece of it is we'll work with the staff and then they'll be like, well, we need to have our leadership in here too, because they be the ones doing half of the, doing half of the stuff to us, even though we're supposed to be trying to learn how to do this for the community and the families that we work with, but we come in and they're not very culturally responsive to how they treat us or tra even trauma informed for that matter. But to your question, Charmaine, I, I think there's an, in those who really allowed themselves to go through the journey in, in, in the struggle of it, uh, in terms of doing the, the self-reflection and really being curious about how do they try this on for themselves. For me, it's like, I, I want to see the struggle to this, you know what I'm saying? Or at least being able to acknowledge where does the application look like and, and be able to hear that this is how I, I reflected in this space. This is what came up for me. And this is what I'm thinking about doing moving forward based on this new insight that I have. And so it's like when, when we have those moments and we open it up and just like, yeah, everything's pretty okay for me. It's dumb. <laughs> so it's like, like nah, I, I can tell by your response that the level of reflection isn't there. If, if I've been working and I'm asking questions, and this is, and this is two-sided. I, I think I've had a experience once where I engaged with a, a person and I've been asking the same questions because I had multiple sessions, right? And this was just initial exploratory. And they weren't able to give me, a, in terms of how they reflected on it, it wasn't about them. It was about other people. So I was just thinking that, I'm sorry, I keep going. <laughs> and that capacity to not really own the experience for yourself is not going to allow you to really get what you need to get out of it. Because it's really going to be, in this space, we're all coming from very different perspectives and we're thinking about our personal identities and personal cultures and all these things. And that impacts how we experience the world. And if you can't acknowledge that, and not to say you need to give in to a certain, but you have to be able to acknowledge different perspectives. I think if you can't, that's really going to make it challenging for you to really lean into this space because it's such a, a, a great piece of the dynamic of, I might not even believe what you said. But I need to be able to see and understand why you're coming from that perspective based on your experiences so that as we're trying to work through it, I have a better understanding of who you are, how you are, and why you're showing up the way you are. As the same as I'm understanding this about me so that I'm aware that, oh, if I'm having to deal with this person, I have some biases, I have some things that are going to come up automatically based on my lived experiences. And I can't stop that if I just see that as the way things are and not as owning it as my own experience and recognizing that other people's experiences are different. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. Sorry. I just blurted and interrupted you. I just was sitting here listening and then you said what I was thinking and I just agree wholeheartedly. There are things that we see that indicate the readiness. And Jason, I appreciate you even, you're calling me to reframe how I say things. And I I really like the term readiness. Are, Are people ready? Even in thinking maybe the relationship between us and clients is about readiness. And that doesn't mean it has to always be that way. It can change. Thank you for that. I think the last thing that I'm really curious about from you, Jason. Actually, Jean-Marie, before you do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was actually curious for you in terms of that same oh. question that you asked me in terms of what what do you see in terms of recognizing is. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> It's like that. It's like that Uno card where it says flip and then you just rotate. So hold on a second. <laughs> and the way he does it too, he sits back and he goes, actually, we go. He said, gotcha. <laughs> Let me get this out this deck real quick. Okay, the question, oh, what are the things I see? So you talked about it. I'll just expand a little bit more because one of the things, and I use this terminology when people say a lot of things, but they're not saying anything. Mm. And what that means is there. it is very clear to, to me when people have learned what to say. Mm. They just have learned the language. The, there's a feeling that comes with the language that has not caught up to the words, though. I can see it and I can feel it. And if it almost feels performative. And that is one of the pitfalls of focusing too much on learning and not engaging and putting it into your body to feel it. So that's one of the things. And when I say that, I've literally heard people say really great stuff. I mean, it's great information. They've learned how to use intersectionality well and maybe give some examples. And with that comes the part that you were talking about, Kendrick. It's the talking from a distance about things. Right. So if it went asked a direct question about yourself or for you to talk about what a feeling is, which is still about yourself, the response is usually what you might think or feel about a thing over there. What you've seen about people Or examples over there. And it does not, it takes away from the focus on you. So if I'm asking very explicitly, hey, you, your task for last week, you said you really wanted to challenge yourself and ask them like pretty difficult questions of your staff because you wanted to hear this from them, blah, blah, blah. How'd it go? And the response is, it went okay. When I asked these types of questions and we just, we totally exit what I said. Ask these types of questions. People really like to hear the things and blah, blah, blah. People like to hear the space and people love, it's all about other people. When my question was, what was it like for you to do that? What did you experience? What? So I'll go back. I usually go back and there's still an exit. And when someone exits a couple times, it indicates to me that there's a struggle, but not always not ready yet. So I will take the time to say, hey, I've noticed that... When I ask you these questions about you, your feelings, this moment, your response is going outward and we're talking about other people. Have you noticed that? Yes or no. 
Would you want that to be different? Because if we can focus on you and your experience, it's going to help you grow in the way that you're saying you want to grow. Is this okay? Sometimes people say yes. Some people say, well, uh, and there's a struggle. But you at least, I feel responsible for pointing out what I'm seeing. More often than not, people allow that to happen. It's only been like once or twice where it just wasn't happening. It wasn't the thing. But that's what I see. That's actually the bulk of what I do with people. You said, mm -hmm, I know I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. Thanks for running that back. I think this question can be for anybody, and it's really just, what are the things that people leading DEI work or people wanting to be responsible for culture change? I think that's better what it is. What are the things that we see that really help create that safety? And maybe are there things that we see that don't? Mm -hmm. And if we can be behavior specific, I think that can help. So instead of yeah, make everybody feel good. I mean, behavior specific. What is, what is that person doing to make people feel good? So I, yeah, just wrapping up like that feels right to me. Got you. Jason's thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> I got a few things. Kendrick's like, hey, so it's <laughs> <laughs> he uh, leaped all the way into the camera. Uh, but but did you die? Uh, but it's, <laughs> uh, so I, I think off top behavior specific leadership needs to role model and leadership needs to role model in terms of accountability, vulnerability, uh, when things come up, it is not a strictly punitive space mm -hmm. and it's a place that can be explored and it's a, let's hear all sides. It's a, let's hear the dynamic because as much as you might want to rail against whatever dynamic, and this is racist, this is sexist, and yada, 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 there's a lot that goes into these spaces in terms of how we even sit with these and on some level to be able to communicate, and which means leadership can't be afraid to have the conversation, to explore or whatnot, or really hear folks out and, and recognize if that's a reflection of what the people are experiencing in your organization, you need to listen to that. And so, you know, being able to kind of show up in that way, which means on some level, they have to be doing their own work. They have to be, it's amazing to your point you made earlier, Charmaine, the education. It's tons of books out there. If you can read, they got videos, they got documentaries, but you got podcasts, like it's tons of things. If you just really want the information, but you have to yeah. want it for yourself and be willing to try that all for yourself to really explore it, which is, I'll call it out like this. I can tell when I'm dealing with someone who is, let's say, about this work in terms of really exploring. In particular, I'm gonna call out white people on this, my Caucasian nights. In terms of, so, if I'm dealing with somebody who is, has really done some level, the conversation is very yeah. different. The willingness to explore and reflect on their experiences is very different from somebody who has not. So when we get into, and we're talking about the experiences and they're feeling some type of way and they, which also lets me know how much work have you done to read up on this, to understand these words that we're using, the, the sentiments, the type of examples, all that goes into when we talk about what does it look like, right? If I think when people are doing this, they're doing it on some level, you might've started doing it because of your work or whatever experience, but there's a personalization that comes along with it. 
because to Jason's point that he's been saying all day, you take this to other areas of your life. And then, so that's the other piece of how it comes. Mm. Mm. I want to add to that. I like how you said role model. I think that's like the biggest thing where you model it. Like for me, it's if I know I got to stay a little bit so that we're working on this one thing, I'm showing up. And I think that's another thing we want to point out. It's how do you show up for your staff, for this culture that you want? I remembered, uh, I love your word, what are we, Caucasian? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Well, nine, so nine years ago, right? Nine years ago, when I got into this work, social services and everything, I, I stepped into a workplace where it was a lot of white folks and white women. And I was one of the few male and male of color. Fast forward, another coworker, we had this, I forgot what it was, but we were sitting down with, I think it was one of leadership. And one of our coworkers pointed out, and I think this is like, during the time where I just got into leadership, right? Pointing it out and pointing it to me. And I'm like, I love seeing this, seeing a male in leadership and in the social services work and of color. And, and that really like, oh shoot, I didn't see it. I was available for that opportunity. But I really stuck with that. It's like giving those opportunities where, especially when you're serving population, you want to have people in leadership that look like the population you're serving. But on, on the other end too, because we can say, oh, we need more upper management to look like us, but at the same time, you also got to realize some of us don't even want to be in those positions as well. And, and I feel like that's okay, but there's a different ways to advocate for it. You know, that's something for, for me. It's like, I've talked to my a boss million times. I'm like, I'm good where I'm at. I like this level where I'm not too close to the political right. side and not too far away from the, the groundwork, which where we can lead these cultures. And then it goes down to what is our staff look like? How do we provide these services to the youth that you know, looks like our staff? And I think it gives different perspectives and different life experiences when you have a room filled with different backgrounds. But it's how do you model that? How do you have these conversations and not have these conversations where you're like, they're not doing this, they're not. It's no, what can we do? What, what can we do? Like, we got to right. stop pointing these, like our fingers at what's not happening. It's like, all right, what can we do in this moment? Like. It doesn't help to just point fingers at it all day and then, and be that, be that staff member or in my position, just not happening. Forget about the staff. What can I do on the phone? How can I model this? How can I continue to support? What can I, what are some opportunities for it? If it's not me, how do I identify a person that can push this? So. Hmm. All I'm going to do is echo what you two are saying around the modeling. It's, it is. One of the most significant things that I try to do and is very important to me and that I look for and I know that is very powerful in the spaces, just in the spaces that I've been in as an employee, as a facilitator, as a leader, as a consultant, people are looking for the modeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a coach that told me, she said, you're modeling what's possible. And oh my goodness, that just stuck with me. Like. I want to model what's possible. I want to encourage other people to model what's possible. And the modeling also comes with, well, I don't know, I'm just trying stuff. I have to, might go well, might not. I'm just trying it out to figure yeah. it out. But, and but that, that's so important. I was it's to that point, because even I, even like with staff working with families, like oftentimes we're the first people that are showing what a healthy relationship looks like, mm -hmm. what maybe healthy communication looks like. 
So that modeling is very big, but also in that modeling piece, recognize that to your point, you might not get it right. And so what does it mean for a leader to come back and say, hey, you know what? We tried this. This was the direction we were hoping to go. It didn't quite work out, but I, I take aim for that. And we want to explore this in a different way. So I think that piece and, and knowing that you can do it, like making mistakes is going to be a part of this space. And so leaning into that as opposed to running from it. Yes, that makes so much sense. All right. Well, look, I want to thank you first, Jason, for sharing the space with us and allowing us to explore all of your experience with us and just you were so honest and reflective on the things that went well and maybe there weren't any terrible things that happened but there were a lot of things that you shared that I know for me that have me thinking differently and what impact changes that I will make and I'm certain that's the case for you Kendrick too and Kendrick thank you for being here and being my co-facilitator of the coaching experience and always sharing your wisdom. I don't know if y'all want to say anything before we wrap up. Oh, well, now that I think of it, I, I think one cool thing that I know you can't do this for every client, right? But it would have been cool to have a session in person with, with the group. That would have been nice. Other than that, like I said, my experience was great. Yes. Yes. No, I, I think no, I'm, I'm happy you are doing these. I think these are some very much needed conversations that need to, to happen. And I'm excited for these to be out there and the benefits of folks being able to view these and explore them for themselves. Yeah, same. Jason, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do that? Oh, shoot. So I actually have my own podcast with a co-host. Um, hey. Or- Art and Brian, it's a little bit more free-flowing, not suitable for work, where we touch on comedy, community, and culture, where we're creating community connections through casual conversations. The Brew In Podcast. I was like, so what is it called? (laughs) The Brew In Podcast, B-R-E-W-I-N-N. And then there's a link tree to all of the YouTube, audio, all of that. You can find it Oh, perfect. I'll put it in the description. And Kendrick, I don't know, is your website up and running already? How do people uh, reach you? Maybe by the time you get this up, it'll be up. But just KendrickDial.com and it'll have all my worlds in there. So from this side of mental health and DEI to music and art and all that good stuff. So you'll be, be able to see everything I do. So I'm, I'm excited for that to launch too. I'm excited nice. too. That rang nice. KendrickDial.com. Wait. All right, y'all. Look. For people watching this episode, please, please, please like, share, subscribe, share with people in your network, have discussions with your colleagues, supervisors, spread the word, and, and hopefully you know, do some more learning from this. If you want to get in touch with me, you can visit my website at livingunapologetically.com. There are lots of things on there, <laughs> the different ways to contact me, social media handles, more episodes, and you will also have access to my book, Bias Conscious Leadership, A Framework for Leading with Action and Accountability. That's it. We are wrapping up now. I hope to be able to connect with you soon. And until then, bye.